0: It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny, he's Andy, and last time we were talking, last time you heard the sound of our voices, we were commiserating over Ohio State, just really looking bad, looking looking real bad going into March. And I don't think anybody was incredibly excited uh, about the uh, prospects for Ohio State and either the Big Ten Tournament or maybe the NCAA Tournament on the Dubcast. But it's funny how beating several teams in a row and then getting to the big 10 championship game will will change your attitude on things a little bit. So before we're going to do this game by game, and I want to talk about how each of these were kind of different in an interesting way. Um, But Andy, as we sit on the precipice of March madness for the first time in, in several years at this point now, um, how are you feeling about the state of the Ohio state men's basketball team? Final four,
1: baby. I'm back on, I'm back on the juice. You know, no, look, I, I think this tournament, this Ohio state, uh, run through almost all the way through the big 10 tournament is just what the doctor ordered. You mean, you're right. When we went into that tournament thinking, geez, man, going into a post-season skid, you know, possibility that if they don't win that first game, that you go into the tournament on a, a really stinky stretch of basketball, uh, after being what, you know, was a top four team for a not insignificant part of the season yeah it's just what the doctor ordered you know it wasn't quite the full revenge tour sweep uh but going through and and beating Purdue and Michigan in succession like that playing you know relatively complete game against Minnesota uh you know hey I I think that that's what the team needed especially that win over Michigan I mean that to me is a major confidence builder and they hung with Illinois we'll get into this more but I mean they hung with Illinois after early on you thought this thing is over before it even starts oh god so, yeah and I, I, yes, I mean, they, each each of those games i mean you, you i think i think you're on the money they're interesting in a different way mm-hmm. uh, but but i have a lot more confidence in the team after michigan and illinois than you know i did
0: after uh iowa and illinois <laughs> the week prior right well and that's the thing because there are definitely some things where you can look especially at the well, frankly, you can look at all three of their Big Ten tournament wins and go, OK, this is please, for love of God, don't do this <laughs> in March Madness. Um, but they are different and you you can learn things from them. I think Ohio State definitely learned things from them. And so starting with the Minnesota game, that was a game that I think both of us last week said that we wanted to see Ohio State just blow The Gophers out, right? We we wanted this to be a dominant performance by Ohio State, where they just like look like world beaters and they're going to kick their asses and all this stuff. And in the first half, okay, you've had something to build on. You've got a twelve point lead, and then in the second half, they they come damn near close to blowing the whole thing. And I like again, Ohio State clearly the better team here. They spread it around it wasn't a situation where they weren't getting a lot of contribution from like the bench or from other people who were playing on the court or you know getting good minutes from people it was it was a good job on that part but they've they've got to close games and i i, I did not worry too much about the minnesota game but i was worried about Purdue and then potentially Michigan and all that like I was like okay this could be a one and done situation honestly I don't know how you're feeling after that first game but I was not super confident going forward
1: no I mean I, you know I, here's the thing I would say about the, the Minnesota game the the Minnesota team is not terrible they're not no. they're not great but i mean look they were damn near undefeated <laughs> at home like it's the weirdest team ever they were practically winless away from home and practically undefeated at home it's the strangest thing do you and, think course, they would have kept
0: patino if he could only like coach home games is that is that a possibility could I, they I don't been... i don't
1: know i mean i think if they weren't a first round exit in the tournament maybe it's a different conversation you know sure. i think that's you, you get bounced in the first game and and yeah I, I don't know it was just this is a weird season and you know, one of the things I've thought about in coaching crazy season, both football and basketball, is if you're a power broker or an athletic director at one of these universities, this year, the, the twenty, this time a year ago and and now, it's such a weird time to make coaching decisions. If it's not an obvious, and I'm talking like less miles, it's an obvious get rid of your coach situation. Yeah you're sitting here looking and saying, is this a right time to pay a ridiculous buyout when you've been cutting athletic staffers and it's just mm-hmm. bad optics, even though these things are in reality unrelated to one another, um, or decoupled in some way, even though the money comes from the same place ostensibly, it just is a bad look to go and say, okay, we're going to fire a coach and pay a big bailout and then go buy sure. somebody that we're probably going to go and, and pay more money for and so on and so forth. So like these last two years, I've been sitting here thinking what a weird set of choices to have to make. Do you keep a guy you're not confident in because it's bad optics and you don't really know if you're going to get the guy you want, or, you know, do you say, Hey, it's a weird year. Yeah. We were one game under 500 after this tournament, we're going to give the guy another shot and see what happens. You you just don't know. In in Minnesota's case. I mean, they obviously have the goods to be a good team. They've got great facilities, Mm -hmm. um, you know, good, good backing and support one game under 500, you know it's not good enough for him fine roll on the thing that got me about that game like to go back to the game
0: yeah well this is so i actually want to seg into that real quick because i i had another question for you related to that when do they make those choices do you think because here's the thing right like we're talking about minnesota specifically ohio state is up by like 14 with about three and a half left right and then Minnesota, of course, goes on this run. If Minnesota pulls it out and they beat Ohio State, do they? Do the powers that be at Minnesota all of a sudden go, "Oh man," you know that that was just enough <laughs> to save his job? Or do they make those decisions ahead of time and say it doesn't matter what this looks like? This is not what we envisioned for our team going forward. Well, I don't like. think
1: they would have announced it then. That's for sure. You know, like right, but, I think. But you know what i Timing, like, yeah. You know, your, your 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 question's good. Like I, I think it. I think it makes it tougher to roll out the announcement if they beat and it depends on how far they go you know if it's you you beat an ohio state team that's then on a five game skid then then you know maybe just wait the weekend and then (laughs) right and then announce so it's not like people feel good for a little bit yeah i but but i don't know that anybody was going to walk away with you know with their with their road record and right. be like, this is great, and you know the, the recruiting angle is, is is a thing, and you know, timing matters, right? So this is the time when you're looking and saying, okay, if we're Minnesota and we want to go out and get somebody mm-hmm. uh, that's going to get us there, wherever there should be, this is the time you got to do it. I guess you know this is when you because people are going to be <laughs> on the market and available. Right. Otherwise, they're going to be like uh, they're going to be like your your favorite Big Ten coach. Fran getting uh, the big time extension you know
0: so. <laughs> that's that is true Gary and,
1: Gary Barta the loyalist athletic director in the, the history of man you know I'm to work for that dude
0: he doesn't he does not like the idea of a coaching search that's just not his bag he's, <laughs> he's cool with what he's got he's like
1: just get me to retirement without to go <laughs> that's through. right if we right. go through one of these, I don't even know That's how years right. Bart is. I don't even know how old Bart is, but I just love it. Just ah, hell, just throw some more, just throw yeah. some more
0: years at him. They're fine. Put more money <laughs> on the pile. We're done. I don't want to. go. I'm, I'm good. This is the yeah. off season. I got golf to play.
1: They ain't shot anybody lately. Go.
0: Great. <laughs> right. Um. So Minnesota gets this thing back within one. Right, like at the very end of the game, and I, I'll be completely honest. You thought it was I, over, didn't you? well here's the thing yes i did and also this game started while i was working right so yeah. i didn't have a chance to, i was doing stuff i didn't have a chance to actually watch the start of this game i could have turned on the end and i decided not to i was like no because i saw Ohio i stayed up by 14 and then up by like eight and then up by six and then up by one i'm like no 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 no, no. if they win great i'll watch the next game in earnest but at this point I've made my choice as a human being. I don't need this kind of stress in my life. I'm going to let I'm just going to let it ride. And it, and it, they won and that's great. And I don't feel bad about missing it, frankly. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't know, man. I mean, it's you want them to win. You, you win and, and you move on. Survive in advance. That's what March is all about. I was really nervous after this game, particularly against Purdue because I was like they were lucky. They were lucky to get out of there alive, and I didn't have a lot of faith, frankly, in the Purdue game. I thought Purdue was going to take them out. Well, and not for nothing, you know,
1: Purdue has the track record, right? Matt Painter seemed to be Holtman's kryptonite, uh, particularly this season. They were 0-2 against him, despite having beaten better teams. Yeah, Uh, I want to finish up with Minnesota. And this, the thing that really jumped off the page at me with Minnesota is Minnesota shot a bunch, and and so Mm -hmm. we've been we've been beaten on this Ohio State team for not being great defensively all year long. I mean, I, that's no secret that they're exceptional on offense and and not super good on defense. But Minnesota took 77 shots to Ohio State's 56. I mean, just think about
0: it. Yeah, it's a
1: huge disparity. It's <laughs> it's 20, ins- yeah, it's insane. 21 more shots. And, and you know, from behind the arc, it wasn't like Ohio State's normal game, right, has been the long ball. And, and clearly that didn't happen there. Only took 12 three-point shots. Minnesota took 32 shots from distance in that game. Like, is that, is that insane or what? That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So the rest of the stats were not, I mean, Minnesota was better on the offensive boards. Um, you look overall total rebounds weren't that, weren't that different um, between the two, but Minnesota was a lot better on the offensive boards. Uh, Ohio state, had a little better ball movement, more assists, block steals, turnovers, relatively comparable. Um, yeah, but just that shooting disparity just blow. And Ohio State was hitting its shots as far as that goes. I mean, Ohio State was the better shooting team, fifty percent versus Minnesota's thirty six. So Ohio State was the better shooting team, but Minnesota just took so many shots. And that's the thing I just I keep going back to with the, the, the Buckeye team is just you get you they just get marginally better on on defense, but then uh, you know they roll into that Purdue game and and get the job done. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's well. <laughs> But that's the thing, though, because I, the, to me, and I, of course, you know, I'm watching the Purdue game, it, it feels like a continuation of some of the same concerns that we had against Minnesota. And I, you know, Ohio State goes up big in the first half. And yep. for the first time in my life, I feel like I actually was a smart sports fan <laughs> instead <laughs> of a dumb sports fan, because a smart sports fan. Well, a dumb sports fan to start off with. A dumb sports fan looks at that 18-point lead going into halftime, and you go, oh, "That Ohio State. Fixed it. Everything's going to be great. The boat is being right. We're good. Everything's going to be great. And that smart Man, all sports a sudden- fan says, you're an idiot. Ohio State is going to do the same damn thing they've done for the entire, like, past month, yeah. and they're going to go straight cold in the second half. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They end up scoring a total of 23 points. In the second half. They went on like a streak where they were like scoreless for four and a half minutes at the very end of the game, and then ended up scoring just enough to get it to overtime. And then in overtime, they did great. Overtime they dominated and you know made look the game look like a laugher. But here's what I'm saying, man. Like, and obviously, you know, you're gonna talk about Kyle Young. Kyle Young comes out like a madman against her, and then you lose him in the game, which is awful. Yeah. Uh, and I think honestly, that was a big part of that. But I just, the consistency from Ohio State. We've talked all year about how deep this team is. I'm starting to think that as a result of what I saw, particularly against these two teams, Minnesota and Purdue, screw depth, right? Like put these dudes who are on the court, put the ball in their hands. Dwayne Washington is like ascended to another level at this point. Who cares? Let him, EJ, Justice, whoever else you want to have on the court with them, whatever, get out of those three dudes away and let them just shoot all the time because they're going to mm-hmm. win you a lot of games. But like really forcing the issue with a guy like, I don't know, even Seth Towns who I think his legs are starting to leave him. Zed who's clearly hit a wall as a freshman. Yep. Uh, you've got guys you need to lean on. And those are the guys who are going to have you win those games against really tough opponents. I'm totally cool with riding on those three shooters, frankly, at this point, because those are the guys who are really getting it done. Kyle Young comes back and he's good and he can play in the tournament. Awesome. Include him in that rotation. But I'm okay right now focusing on the the players that you know are going to get you points. Yep. And right now, Dwayne is at the top of that list because he's kicking ass. I mean, yeah. d-
1: Dwayne Liddell, justice suing. What a great tournament that guy had. Hell uh, yeah, man. You know, and, and so many things, he does so many things well that don't show up in a stat sheet um, that, you know, he he's just super super important piece of the team and, and mm-hmm. came up clutch in some key moments when other people weren't uh, maybe throughout the tournament, but yeah, L- Liddell young Dwayne. It, it's funny. Cause you're right. Two months ago, three months ago, we were celebrating the depth of this team and it's like right now, Hey, there's five, six guys. And that's, th- that's, what's getting the lion's share of the work done. You know, I mean, when was the last right. time when was the last time Justin Arns made, A a difference in a in a ball game like he was in December and January. I don't know. You know, you're you're getting and and you're right about Zed. You can say, all right, freshman wall, no big deal. I'm not I'm not sweating that one. He's we we all knew what Zed's ceiling was. Sure, yeah. To begin with, so I think you're that's not a big deal um i'm not super worried about that but you're getting great contributions you know walker um you know he's a really smart ball player and god love his free throw shooting it's just blows my mind his best free throw shooter in the country and i heard uh, big daddy paul keel say that about 10 times during the mm-hmm. the uh, championship game which i frankly had overlooked that little statistic so and that comes up you know important times in games that yeah absolutely stretch. That Purdue that Purdue game was wild. You get outscored forty-one to twenty-three in the second half, and then come back and double up on them in overtime, uh, like you say to win it. But they and that shows a lot of
0: guts, especially if you're missing a guy like Kyle Young at that point. Right? Well, and that's like, the thing
1: that you, the gutty, is the I guess is the word that ke- keeps getting used about these guys, especially then if you come back and look at the uh, Illinois game because you, you again they're down by about a hundred points in the first half, cut it to five. And then, you know, are in it clear, you know, really till the last, what, 90 seconds of overtime right uh, when it, when it got out of hand. But I mean, that game, I was listening again and listening on the radio, uh, driving back from Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, did a little tobacco road, road trip. And I, I just, you'd think, well, this thing's over, you know, Illinois can't miss <laughs> right. and, and Ohio state can't piss in the ocean. Uh, it's what is going on here and next thing you know it's five point game at the half it's crazy i mean that's that's that's
0: gutty gritty whatever you want to call it but the thing is shooters are going to shoot you know i mean like that's the thing about the Michigan game especially like ohio state had some droughts against michigan yeah um michigan had some droughts against ohio state frankly And, and you know that game isn't as close as it is if ohio state doesn't go super cold in the last like two three minutes of the game um,
1: I felt bad for the degenerates that took the over in that game, expecting it to be, you know, a repeat of the offensive shootout. It was, uh, you know, well, because I mean, the last time they played, it was an instant classic, you know, sure, two, two versus three, both teams. I mean, th- 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 those, those looked like a pair of one seeds duking it out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was a great ball game and you know, you come back <laughs> in that first half, I was like, <laughs> yeah feel bad for you schlubs that took the over. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I just think that like, to me in a game that late, I mean, everybody's yeah. tired. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like these teams have played multiple games in a very short period of time. You're not going to get a ton of points and Ohio state against Michigan shot the lights out of the ball from three point range, which is really what allowed them to win that game. I mean, yes. they were insane from three
1: 54 and a half percent.
0: That's wild. And Dwayne again, you know, coming up huge. Um, and he's just he's so damn good at this put, i mean point can right he now. just
1: play michigan every week i mean i
0: know yeah <laughs> that, that
1: he gets is, super hype superman undershorts when he when he gets to play michigan
0: yeah so he was great and then of course ej had a really good game um and the thing about ej which is good is that he's he's just really aggressive at the basket and he does this he's he's really trying to develop you can tell he's trying to develop this inside outside game uh, but what I really love to see is him getting aggressive at the basket towards the end of the game. Cause I do know how to shoot free throws and um, it's his physicality makes it really hard, not for guys, try to like body him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he's done a really good job with that. And I think getting to the foul line, getting other opponents in foul trouble um, in general, like here was the other thing, Ohio state had a really good defensive game plan against Michigan. They were able to figure out a way. Look, Hunter Dickinson is a, tough guy for ohio state specifically to deal with mostly because they just they cannot match up against some of these bigs it's it's just it's hilarious to me watching ej or zed on a dude who's like seven four (laughs) like literally like literally the tallest person on the court if kyle young isn't available is six foot eight and so you have some of these big 10 guys who are actually seven feet four inches tall and they're trying to post up against them and it's just it cracks me up it is really really funny um and you know again hunter dickinson isn't like huge right he's not he's not you know like you see some of the guys in iowa purdue but he's not kofi coburn no he's not kofi but he's still a big ass dude and, and ohio state had trouble with him in the paint and but they were able to limit michigan's three-point shooting which is really important because they can mm-hmm. definitely shoot the lights out if they want to mm-hmm. and they did a pretty good job in general just like limiting some of the other dudes who you know like mike smith mike smith was one for 11 in that game mike smith has the capability of lighting that up and, and doing a really good job and he just he couldn't get open look so Ohio State, I think, defensively did a great job against Michigan. That should be the template, I think, going forward for them in the tournament, where they just play aggressive defense, especially on the perimeter. Guys are going to get stuff inside. That's fine. You can deal with that because you're going to have shooters who are going to make a lot of points uh, of your own, and I I think that's okay. Um, One
1: one thing that just blew my mind about that Michigan game, Michigan had two turnovers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Two. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not Ohio State. Maybe for the first time this year, played some really damn good defense. It wasn't. It wasn't Michigan doing dumb stuff and turning the ball over. Time it was Ohio State figuring out how to limit good shots, and that's really important. And uh, I would
1: say, in fairness to Ohio State, they have. You know, when when I I always go back and look at the kim Palm ratings, so they have picked up a few spots on their uh, mm-hmm. adjusted defensive efficiency you know they're they're up to 79th now you know there was a few weeks bad. back they were you know in the 80 90s uh so you know it's, they're they're not great i mean they're still well behind but you know you look at uh uh you know illinois is only 80th no wait sorry wrong wrong wrong. that's the tempo rating um those iowa iowa's the other one that's mm-hmm. you know lopsided like ohio state they're only 50th um you know baylor baylor's only 44th so you know there are a couple of those teams that are are more lopsided where you look at a gonzaga and illinois and a michigan they're all pretty you know pretty evenly balanced between offense and defensive efficiency
0: well so and that's the thing is is that like i want ohio state i want them to be a really good defensive team we were talking on slack today about aaron craft right and like aaron craft the g-o-a-t yeah I freaking loved watching Aaron craft. I love watching that kind of defense. We you're not going to get that from this team. It's just, it's not there and that's okay. Like it's, it's, I don't know that it's necessary for a final four run to have an Aaron craft level player on your team. I think you can shoot the lights out of the ball. You can score a bajillion points and you can make a run. Um, I do miss it though, a little bit. And when you see guys just getting blown past sometimes, or, you know, we'll talk about Justin Arns here in a second, but when, when you see some of these guys who just do not seem to be capable of putting in a good defensive performance, it, it is frustrating sometimes. Um, and actually let's, let's talk about that with the Illinois game because Ohio state did well enough against Illinois, which, you know, Kofi Coburn is, you know, that guy is really on another level right now. Ohio state was able to limit the, him in their first matchup, right. Where, it looked like Zed was like, what the hell is Zed? <laughs> Zed just <laughs> annihilated Kofi. Um, but I, I think Kofi's really stepped his game up and, you know, clearly one of the player of the year candidates. Um, but they've also got, you know, they've got, they, they, they got some dudes who can really just impact the game in a way that I don't know that even like an Aaron craft or whatever is going to make a huge like a difference. You need to have a guy scoring, you need to have a bunch of guys scoring a ton of points against these teams. And Ohio state did pretty good in the second half. Right. They, they get, you know, they were down the first Obviously like way freaking down. Right. They claw their way back within five at halftime after scoring literally no field goals for like five minutes. And I think like they had one field goal in the first 10, something like that, one or two. Um, and then somehow claw their way back, have a good second half, take it to overtime. And then overtime they just don't have the legs to get it done. Um you want to see them get that win, but that they, the guts that we talked about, the fact that they kept fighting all the way, right? We'll fight till the end or on our honor, all that good stuff. They did that. And I, that made me optimistic more even than beating Michigan. Michigan, I'm like, okay, well, it was kind of a weird game or whatever. And you didn't see the teams like have this wild shootout or anything. Um, but the way they played against Illinois to fight back and still have that guts after... You know four games essentially where they're just getting beat to hell and they're close games and they have to fight back and win these overtime games to do what they did at the end of the illinois game i was really impressed and and that gave me a lot of hope for the tournament
1: me too and I, you know and i even considering the final result i mean I, I was kind of banging my head on the steering wheel a little bit during overtime because it just mm-hmm. there were a couple decisions that you know it's like you don't have to take that three-point shot at that at that sure. stage you know drive the to the basket didn't play super
0: well either like no
1: and, and I'm like you've got Coburn with four fouls on him you know go ahead and drive strong at the hope right. at the hole draw yeah. the foul maybe get the and one you know like mm-hmm. you did to go to overtime I mean that was a, that was the game plan I felt like in overtime and they maybe reverted to tendencies I, I, I don't know but I wasn't super disappointed with the result in that how they got to overtime, exactly what you said, super impressive. Uh, to to be down that much, what were they down like seventeen? I think was yeah, the
0: seventeen or eighteen. Was at one point. The,
1: the low water mark there in the first half? Cut it to five, come back and actually take the lead, and and so they didn't shrink away like they had in literally all of those other games mm-hmm. where they just shut down for three to four minutes toward the end. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe they need to play from behind instead of racing out to big leads. I don't know. But it it said something, especially shorthanded without Kyle Young, uh, because I think he's more important than maybe people have given him credit for. Uh, and I, I don't. I, I got some good minutes. I think from a guy like Michi Johnson, I think he's gonna be really important to the program over the next couple of years. You, you know, as you to Seth Towns, you know he he missed that shot late, but you got some clutch minutes from him late in the in regulation that helped get in there hit that late three was at a really important time so you know i like some of the things illinois is just an incredibly talented team
0: they are top to the bottom. guys
1: that they have who are really and and like you said you coburn's size what he's 7 285 did i did i hear big daddy right say he's that i
0: mean that's just he's he's a big dude i don't know if he's seven ten. that seems that no no good.
1: seven 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 foot seven yeah. foot 285 i think is what keel said that sounds about right yeah i mean it's just it's a massive chunk of humanity uh to sumo obviously you could go on but that corbello kid another one is really yep. and then of course um georgie uh hoopty doopty doo. oh i can't pronounce that kid's name but when when coburn was out and then another cat comes in and scores a boatload you know it was just like god they just keep bringing in more guys who yeah are making crap happen.
0: Yeah, they they got a lot of contribution from their bench. And that's that's kind of what I want to complain about a little bit. I, you look, I mean, again, we're not gonna hate too much on Zed because Zed is who he is. I don't think anybody expected him to turn to the next soldier, right? Like he you'll he'll, he'll have good runs, he'll get better, he'll be a good, you know, piece of the puzzle here. But I do think that you can be a little disappointed in a guy like even Seth Towns, who, yes, he's struggling with injury, but also getting a ton of minutes on the court. I mean, the dude played almost thirty minutes against Illinois, which is a lot and contributed very little. Justin Arntz is starting and doing nothing with his minutes. Like I don't under- I, I don't know
1: why Arntz is starting anymore frankly.
0: Yeah, I mean I I think part of it is CJ just likes coming off the bench but like he's not doing anything. I mean Arntz gave you nothing in in Illinois. He had 1-3 against Michigan. He missed all of his attempts against Purdue, his four attempts, nothing and then um against Minnesota, I mean he gave you like I think two points, right? He misses one thing. The guy is not contributing. I mean, that, that really is it. And part of it is Ohio State's not doing a great job of getting him open looks. But the other problem is he can't create at all. So he just kind of sits in the corner and hopes somebody will give them the ball. But mm-hmm. defensively, he's not great. Um, and if he's not able to get open looks, then he's not going to help you at all. So He's been rough for basically the past month. Actually, Kyle Young in the game where he had the four threes, that's about as many, I think, as Justin Arns had in the previous like five games combined. Uh, <laughs> so like in one half, Kyle Young basically equaled Justin Arns' output yeah. in the previous four games. That's not great. That, yeah. That's not ideal for someone who is one of your starters. So I agree with you. I don't, I don't think you should be doing that. Um, CJ is definitely the preferred option there. I
1: I mean, I got to give Ohio state credit that they were as close to winning that game as they were because Illinois outshot them every, you know, every way
0: better,
1: better percentage from the field, from distance and at the line. I mean, just up Mm -hmm. and down. And it was a three point game at the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was the thing. Like Ohio state, again, that perseverance we talked about the fact that they just, they, they will shoot, they will shoot, they will shoot. They'll drive at the basket. They'll just, they'll try to make things happen. And again, I cannot say enough about Dwayne Washington, a guy who has been inconsistent in the past, but turned it the hell up in the big 10 tournament finishes with 32 points. Was that a, that was a big 10 championship game record. Am I correct on that?
1: I, I think that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think he beat uh Evan Turner's record on that. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure the villain is super salty about that. Actually, he's probably yeah. extremely pissed, which is really funny. Actually. He's he's, legitimately probably angry about that
1: yeah, and if he wins um, i mean they win that game he's your he's your tournament outstanding player nah, right? not
0: Just, without question without. yeah
1: Desumo won it deservedly so but if Ohio
0: yeah. state wins that game it's it's dwayne's award no no doubt yeah. and dwayne did you know he did an excellent job he'll, he'll no reason to think that he won't continue that in march madness and so the game ends you're a little disappointed but you're happy ohio state was able to get there especially after the way they looked previous to uh to the tournament And then we've got the draw. And I got to tell you something, man, to me, this is the best draw that Ohio state has gotten in a very long time. Like we've complained in the past as Ohio state fans about Ohio state has gotten screwed up and down on NCAA tournament draws. This is not one of those times. This is a legit draw for Ohio state where they can make some noise and do some damage because I really like, if you look at that South region, right? I mean, you're in there with Baylor. Baylor's a great team, but there are a lot of beatable teams, including some teams that you have actually beat in that bracket. Um, well, and
1: I think I'm Baylor's a better good. matchup. I mean, you you know that's a better matchup for Ohio State than Gonzaga.
0: Oh God, yes, yeah, and
1: and and you're happy not to have to relitigate your 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 games against Illinois and mm-hmm. and Michigan. Yep, uh, you know, so so that's you know, and, and to get out of the region anyway. So those are all, those are all good things. Um, I, I agree with you. I think this is about as, as good uh, a seeding as Ohio State might have. But when we talked about that a while ago that, well, okay, when we thought there was a possibility, they'd be a one seed, that, ah, you know, being that fourth one seed may not be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I mean, the chips fell pretty Pretty favorably for the Buckeyes.
0: Yeah, so you got Oral Roberts in the first round. That's, I mean, I don't know, Jack, about Oral Roberts, except that Kathleen Gifford went to there. But um, Good to know. Yeah, important information. Uh, but I don't, you know, that's a team you should easily steamroll. And then Florida-Virginia Tech, you know, middling, you know, large conference programs, they're good. They're not great. And I, that's another. I really don't think Ohio State should have trouble with either one of those. So you're looking at... I would say, I mean, people have, you know, Arkansas is a three seed. I don't know that I believe that, frankly. I think Texas Tech might actually come out of that particular part of the bracket. Uh, Tech's who I took there. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good call on your part. Um, Colgate will be interesting, actually. A lot of people are looking at that Arkansas Colgate is a, a really fun game. Um, but, I, you know, I got to believe, okay, you get out of the first round, get out of the second round. I, I, I think that this sets up well – for a sweet 16 elite eight kind of thing and then you're matched up against you know probably Baylor but who knows you know Purdue might go crazy and maybe Wisconsin makes things really difficult for people you never know what happens um but I will go back to a conversation that we had I think maybe a couple of dubcasts ago where we were mm-hmm. like the expectations for this team are sweet 16 or bust and now with the way they play in the tournament the draw that they just got Yes. Those are still my expectations. Yeah. Sweet 16 are, And frankly, I kind of want them to see an elite eight appearance because of the way the, the bracket worked out. They they have the opportunity here to go pretty far and they're not a perfect team, but they're way better than most of the teams in that South region. And yeah, I mean, sweet 16 or bust, but I, I believe that they can at least get to the lead eight.
1: I, I really enjoy, uh, fan sentiment on this. So I'm, I'm with you. Elite eight is sort of my, my baseline. I mean, I think, you know, I think the, the Baylor matchup is as favorable a matchup as, as they might've hoped for in terms of getting to the final four. So, so I'm, you know, that's, that's one of the top two teams in the country. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you. Um, but I like that they're not having to go through Illinois or Michigan again. Right. I'm, I'm okay with that because I think those are two legitimate final four teams. Uh, and, and so knowing that, that I think they're legitimate final four teams, I maybe like Ohio state's chances because Ohio state's beaten both of those teams and, and stood toe to toe with Illinois, you know, again, after playing four games in four days, and you could see that fatigue was definitely, that's why those guys weren't draining those three point shots in that first half. They just didn't have, I mean, they didn't have the legs anymore. They're dead. Yeah. So give them, you know, give them a better part of a week here to to, to heal up. So Elite Eight is kind of my baseline. Um, I I'm going to keep saying Final Four, but I really enjoy how fan sentiment has coalesced around the idea that, okay, Elite Eight is legit now. I was just looking at the site poll, um, you know, day, as, as of recording time, the uh, poll at 11warriors.com, a fine website you may have heard of, mm-hmm. is asking fans how far they see the team going. And, you know, prior to the Big Ten tournament, I think there were a lot of people in our comment section
0: <laughs> they're out of the tournament what are you talking about they're, they're, not they're even... done
1: they're you know yeah these they're are, done it's a four or five seed you know right. this is, they're gonna they're gonna lose in the first round of of the uh, big 10 tournament and and so on and and a plurality now you know has has this uh team as a, an elite eight or about seven percent of readers more readers say they will win it all than will get bounced in the first or second rounds of the that's tournament. interesting I do find that interesting. Seven percent of respondents said they're winning it all, versus just six percent that thought they would uh, be out in either the round of sixty-four or thirty-two. <laughs> interesting.
0: Yeah, I. I, <laughs> I mean, that's that's something that I might be a little skeptical about. You're with them saying slow your roll, homes. Yeah, I. I mean, I want to be optimistic. I you don't really know what Kyle Young's status is going to be. You got to think that if he's going through concussion protocol or whatever he's doing, it's. um, it's going to be pretty difficult, especially since he already had to deal with that earlier in the season. Um, and there's a lot of really good teams out there. This is going to be, I think one of the more interesting NCAA tournaments in a while, just because it is such a deep tournament. There are a lot of really good teams all over the place. There's a lot of trash, but there's also a lot of teams that I think will sneak up on some, some dudes and entertaining games. Here's what I'll say in general. Um, why State, yes, and the South region has a good look towards the Final Four to the lead eight and and so on. There's a lot of big team, big 10 teams in there. I actually think um <laughs> if I'm Illinois, if I'm Michigan, I'm not super stoked right now, honestly. Like there's a lot in those regions that they've got to be a little concerned about. They're they're the number one seeds. This is what you just said, right? Yep. You don't wanna be, you would rather be a high level two seed than a low level one seed in some instances and Michigan Illinois both have to go through a lot of noise to get to the final four and uh, we'll talk a little bit about our picks in a second because we got a really good ask us anything question about it but um, this is going to be a hard tournament to predict i mean I,
1: illinois in particular like i yes. just look at their bracket and you've got you got oklahoma state west virginia and west virginia and houston that's tough as as that's the tough. other as the other top four seed you know rounding out the top four in that bracket holy smokes uh you know alabama texas florida state in michigan's region um just as the top four and you know, i mean plus you've got others like maryland uconn you know those are legit you know seven to ten teams um I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in both those regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think Gonzaga, you know, they're gonna there it'll be interesting to see if you think Iowa makes it into the Elite Eight versus Gonzaga, like that that could be a really interesting game to see how a team like Ohio State that's exceptional on offense and pretty meh on defense mm-hmm. fares against the Zags, right? Because you, there's you're you're looking kind of through the looking glass when you're looking at Iowa there is how good they shoot and how just unbelievably average they are on defense.
0: Right. And that's, yeah, all over the place, you have these really interesting matchups and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that March madness is back in general. Um, the big 10 gets nine teams, which is more than anybody else. Hopefully everything stays copacetic with COVID and nobody has to bow out. That's the big question mark here. I know they've got some, uh, protocols in place to decide like who gets in and all that kind of other stuff but hopefully that doesn't end up actually having to occur um because in i want—I just want to see i want to see the full thing man like i want to see this tournament just like go like clockwork because it's it's so much fun and we've waited for so long yeah so i just i want it back man i, I want my madness back
1: well and in case you're wondering what the probabilities say nate silver's 538 dot com has their annual simulator of March Madness, giving Ohio State a 74% chance to make the sweet 16. Okay. 46% chance to make the Elite 8. So not, not bad. bad. Uh call it a coin flip. 20% chance of making the final four.
0: That's not bad. I'll take those odds. And a four percent chance
1: of winning it at all, which you know <laughs> is better than a sharp stick in the eye.
0: Yeah, well I would bet that so I would imagine Gonzaga. You know, one of the maybe Baylor pretty high up there, right? The
1: Zags are the are the uh, the the far and away the favorite at twenty seven percent to win it all. Okay, Baylor at thirteen percent, Illinois at fifteen percent, and Michigan at just four percent. So you know
0: what? This is not the year for a team to just run the table. I don't. You know, as as good as Gonzaga is, and I love the fact that they just score a bajillion points and all that stuff. That's kick ass. Uh, I don't. I they're gonna trip up. I feel like they're gonna trip up. Something's gonna happen. Because this is this is not the year for sh- like straight up wire-to-wire stuff. I'm not I'm not down with that this year. I want it to be truly, you know, maddening. I want to see the madness emerge in this tournament. Um no one seeds. How about that? No one seeds in the final four.
1: <laughs>
0: highest eight can be the highest one. And here's the other thing. The other th- I mentioned that there's nine Big Ten teams. You have a possibility of the elite eight having seven Big Ten teams in it. <laughs> and and possibly Ohio, Ohio University Bobcats as that eighth team. So that that is what I am personally rooting for. Hey, there you that go. is my that's what I'm going for right now.
1: You know what I find kind of wild? I was looking at this, I was playing with this five thirty eight probability simulator to see okay, what what kind of faith does uh the algorithm give these other teams. You know the highest, you know the the number two seed with the uh, best percentage chance of winning the tournament? Who would that be? The number two seeds are Iowa, Ohio State, Houston, and Alabama. Okay, I would those probably four, just based on those four, you know, name or whatever games you've you've watched. Who sure. would you say is the best, the most likely
0: two seed to win it all? I would say Houston would be my guess.
1: As it turns out, Houston uh, and Alabama. Uh, so Alabama is the least likely. Uh, okay. Ohio State, we said, came in at four percent. Alabama only gets a three percent chance of winning okay. it all. Houston does slightly better at five percent, but the Iowa Hawkeyes interesting are, are the most likely two seed to win it all at six percent. Huh.
0: I, think, doing, I mean that's not and, and, and that's
1: better, better odds, by the way. Better odds going through Gonzaga to win it all than Michigan has as a number one seed.
0: <laughs> now that's it. Now that is interesting. That that, interesting.
1: that just kind of blows my mind a little bit.
0: Yeah. That's not a lot of faith in Michigan right now.
1: And, and what I find really interesting is that is in essence saying that Iowa is more likely to beat Gonzaga yeah. and, and Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Because Michigan's getting about uh, 9% odds to make the title game where Iowa's getting 11% odds to make the mm-hmm. title game.
0: And that tells you how close all of this was, right? Like they had the ultimate, you know, overall rankings about these teams and whatnot. And I think Ohio state was six overall, which I, I think that's about fair. Um, But beyond Gonzaga and Baylor, part of it's because the Big Ten is so strong. I I really think that's the thing. Like you've got these teams beating up on each other, and you look at the Big Ten tournament, like okay, well I don't know who the hell is better than anybody else in this freaking conference. Um, But I also think part of it is is just there's there's a lot of talent up top, and hopefully that leads to a little bit of chaos because that's that's really why we watch this thing. I'm Um, I'm all about it. Let's do it. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited on that. Speaking of, we're, we'll get a little bit more into brackets and how we you know, make our own picks and all that kind of stuff in a second. But there is some other interesting and important NCAA tournament action going on this weekend, is there not?
1: There is, as a matter of fact, and thank you for the reminder, my friend. <laughs> it is that magical time of year where March Madness not only means shooty hoops, but also... The NCAA wrestling championships will be getting underway Friday from the Scott trade center in St. Louis. Missouri. What a great Nine weekend City. of
0: college sports, by the way, like how yeah, kick-ass cool. is this?
1: Yeah. I love, I, I love this time. Cause you, you can kind of, you know, if you're it's, it's harder typically in a normal non pandemic year, I would go to the tournament and, you know, watch, um, you know, from the, the arena uh, and you can kind of, you know, prowl the halls after and talk with athlete, athletes and coaches and kind of bring the content uh, to you from, from the scene of the crime. But this year, you know, as, as we're all doing, uh, staying closer to home and keeping friends and family safe and, and the access to the student athletes and the coaches has is, is all been via Zoom uh, for the entire season. So, you know, the, the reason to be there in person is is much diminished. So it, it'll be really um, kind of interesting to be able to go back and forth. Normally, when you're there on site, you're maybe not watching as many of the basketball games as, as you would, where now maybe I can multi-screen this thing <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, be watching matches. But yeah, it's it's going to be a different tournament for Ohio State, you know, kind of like we've been talking the last couple weeks. Um, big 10 tournament went, went well for the Buckeyes, the Sammy Sasso getting a big 10 championship and a couple other guys being there, um, you know, either in the final tournament or in a placement match and, and five guys earned automatic bids, um, two additional members of the team earned wildcard bids. So um, you had, uh, let's see, D- Dylan D'Amelio at 141 pounds and uh, Rocky Jordan at 184 earning wildcard bids at large bids if you will to the tournament so it's going to be the first time in a few years where ohio state has only taken seven guys to the tournament um you know again this is iowa's tournament to lose they'll have 10 guys and they'll have 10 guys who frankly are, are competing for all america status four or five of them who are competing for uh ncaa titles titles really and the question will be how close penn state can cut it um to them and i don't know that it will be all that close this will probably be a Uh, a runaway for Iowa, but you've got uh, several Ohio state guys who, you know, have the opportunity to, to earn all America status. Obviously that's kind of their, their baseline goal. And, and I think there are a few of them who will again, be in position to be wrestling on the last day of the tournament. Certainly Sammy Sasso's goal is national title, but I think you could realistically be looking for guys like Ethan Smith and Caleb Romero to be wrestling. If not in the finals, then to, you know, in a third place match for sure, both those guys are top four, potential in my mind you know Ethan was wrestling for the big 10 title so i think it's very much possibility that you see him wrestling at 165 for the title against uh, Iowa's um Alex Marinelli and and likewise um you know Romero wrestled well in in a- uh Iowa City against Kimmerer for 174 so i think you could see that again um depending on how Romero's ankles doing going into the tournament he needed a little bit of time to he was
0: sure. still a little dinged I thought up uh, at the Big 10 tournament. So um, I mean, yeah, you know, Ohio State's not winning the national championship, but there's definitely a lot to look forward to, right? I mean, there's, you know, like you said, like Sammy, obviously and then the the, Yeah, guys- the
1: other one I'm really excited about is Malik Heinzelman at 125. You know, he's kind of been the story of the year for me in terms of guys who really made the third-year leap. And and there are a couple of of guys like him on the team. I look at him and uh, and I'll say Jordan Decatur at 133 who didn't get an at-large bid to the tournament. Those are two guys that wrestled as true freshmen. Um, this is Heinzelman's third season as a starter. It was Decatur's second. Heinzelman, you know, really needed to make a leap, and mm-hmm. he did. He, he wrestled with a little bit of momentum last year at the Big Ten tournament. You know, thought there was a chance he could make some noise at the Big Ten tournament, you know, maybe maybe be wrestling for placement, uh, and the, that tournament obviously didn't happen. So, right. you know, this year he comes in and, and um, you know, finishes in the top four, of the big 10 tournament and has earned a decent seed uh i you know i think he's a guy again who should be pushing for for all america status really the five guys who qualified for for automatic bids so sasso ethan smith caleb romero uh tate Orndorf and malik heinzelman those those five guys really have have a legitimate shot to to make it uh, to all America status, which if you if you haven't followed wrestling, so top eight in the country is is how we decide all Americans. So unlike you know other sports where it's you know, coaches or media or whatnot, it's in this case it's how did you place? If you placed in the top eight in your weight class, you are an all American, and so that's that's what the goal is is for guys to to earn that status. Uh, I mean, obviously the goal is to win the NCAA individual title, but um, you know kind of underlying that is you at least want to finish on the podium. And on the podium in this case, meaning in the top eight. So I think all five of those guys have a shot to do that. Uh, And then, and then beyond that, you know, Jordan certainly has the the talent, the ability to catch fire and maybe wrestle above seed. You know, he's going to be seated much lower. Um, Same same with um, Demilio. Demilio, you know, for him, it's about getting some experience. You know, that's the other thing that this tournament does, and why you hate to see, you know, Decatur or uh, Gavin Hoffman um, not earn and at-large bid is because you'd like to have seen them be able to go and have a couple more reps this season but you know you got to earn your way in and they they unfortunately didn't do it at the tournament and then you, you know you have to rely on um the formula and the coaches ranking and rpi and all those kind of things to to get the at-large bids and, and they just didn't have the resume to get that done
0: well there's you know that's unfortunate but there's obviously still a lot to look forward to here's the, here's the thing that i'll say about that though um not just the fact that Ohio state has some guys who can make some noise, get all American status, all that good stuff. I just think that it, it needs to be viewed. It's not ever going to be March madness, right? But just the tournament itself, the way it's done, the fact that there's so much going on at once, it really is the same level of intensity and excitement in a lot of ways as march madness when you have all these games going on and whatnot that's what i love about it that's what i love about watching on it or watching it on tv because there's just it's bang 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 and you can wait for a guy to come up it just i love that tournament style that's there and even if ohio state isn't necessarily going to you know win the national title there's just it's a lot of fun to watch and i really recommend people check it out in between your you know basketball binging because it's just it's, it's a lot of fun and like I said, it's gonna be a lot of entertainment, a lot of college sports entertainment this weekend. Um, i'm I'm really excited for
1: it. yeah same same here I and, and well said like this this tournament's a lot of fun and yeah. it, you know there's some there's gonna be some great wrestling and this is the first chance we'll have seen uh, we'll have had this year to see big Ten wrestlers competing against guys That's outside right. of the Big Ten because we did this conference only season so, you know, that, um, that to me is, uh, you know, it's a good opportunity to, to see what these teams are made of. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. This is, there's a reason we call it March madness, but it's, it's, it's magical, uh, as well getting to, this is what the season's all about because of the way NCAA wrestling works. It's ultimately about the NCAA tournament. You know, it's, it's about winning the big 10 title. You know, the regular season doesn't mean all that much in terms of like the team, aspect of it because you know there there is recognition you know iowa was the the big 10 dual meet championship but ultimately what we really care about is is these ncaa championships so right good luck to the guys uh uh, and and i would say you know fans tune in watch it's it's going to be worth it it'll be great
0: so we're going to get to ask us anything here, but before we do that, we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods store at 11warriors.com, drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. I recommend you check it out. It's going to be great. Um, Ohio State wins the national championship. I'm sure we'll have some kind of. Goofy shirt about Dwayne or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but let's do some ask us anything. You can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at warriors.com And I actually I want to start with this question that I'm I'm really excited about because it reminds me that this is another thing that I get to do this uh <laughs> this year. You know what I'm saying? Um, that I uh we have not been able to do in in the last you know year or so, two years, I guess. So I want to start with Jacob's question. It says, what is your general bracket strategy and who are you picking to win? I'm picking the Buckeyes because I'm a shameless homer and there's going to be some upsets. So might as well pick your team to be the one surprising people. That is, by the way, I have no problem with people being super homers when they fill all their brackets. No problem with homer brackets. You do you, man. That's awesome. I I appreciate the strategy. Um, Do you have a foolproof approach to this because i don't i suck oh yeah (laughs) totally
1: totally not foolproof no i'm i'm actually pretty stinky at this which you know kind of makes me feel bad as a person because when we were doing uh we used to do the series at 11 warriors called house money and and i've talked about different times because it was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite series where you know we would pick a series of games each week and and you would bet the games um who was going to cover the spread and so on yeah Uh, And so, you know, I, I came up with what I, for me was a pretty good formula, you know, use some data, a little combination of data and intuition, I guess you'd say, or data and and the eye test, if you will. And that worked for me. You know, the last season we did that, I I won it all. I was very happy about that. And so you would think that I would have come up with a reasonable system. no. No, typically. And I think part of it is because I don't get to watch nearly as much basketball as I might like. So I will be honest. I haven't watched Winthrop play a single game this season.
0: (laughs) How dare you? Uh, (laughs) This is is the 11 Dubcast. You're supposed to be putting in hours and hours and hours of research.
1: All I know is that Grand Canyon is the number 15 seed and (laughs) Iowa is a pretty good ball club that I have seen play basketball. And I'm rolling with the Hawkeyes.
0: You're not the for-profit college Grand Canyon State University.
1: Yeah, I don't think that I'm probably all that dissimilar from your average uh former office dweller who yeah. was filling out a, a bracket. So what I typically do is I go through and, and I'll pick up the matches that I'm I'm really comfortable with or team what I've seen play. Let us say, like, for example, um Purdue. All right. So I've seen Purdue play a couple of times now, right? So yeah. I have a pretty good idea what they're and and I might like do some cursory research to figure out okay, is North Texas uh, you know it would be Cinderella I don't think no I don't think they are and so I'm I'm gonna go you go ahead and, and shoot them forward and then it gets you know it gets harder to do that further in because then you've really got to start to think about like Arkansas Texas Tech now to me right you know we were talking about this earlier Texas Tech's who I picked out of that um, I thought it was interesting e- ESPN has a little bracket analyzer widget and I will not change my picks based on this but <laughs> but sure. I it, you know it it gave my my picks uh, for the first round, as an example, a C, uh, a, a grade yeah. of C, which, okay, I, I did an average job in their nomenclature. Don't grade my, me, ESP. I do your, you your, your judgment. Uh, but Texas Tech is one of the ones it called out that I picked an overrated team it says uh, and i quote sometimes the ncaa doesn't do a great job of seeding every team the right. red raiders struggle at defensive rebounding and appear to be ripe for an upset before the round of 32 oh well damn i guess i really made a made a, a mistake there am i going to go back and change that no i still think texas tech might be the play
0: there so, uh,
1: so here's
0: let me let me say this and, and first of all before i forget uh 11 warriors is running our own bracket right where you can fill out a bracket you can join our group at espn definitely check that out and do that that's a lot of fun all the writers and and commenters and add, you know people who add things to our 11 warriors universe are all on there so definitely you know make up your own bracket challenge us i look andy i try to put an effort on this and i do have some general ideas about how i go about making a bracket and occasionally i do pretty well i actually think the last time i did one i was in the top like maybe five or ten percent of all the 11 warriors um brackets but my general rule of thumb i i have like two rules that i try to abide by uh first is that I go straight chalk unless I believe, unless I have a reason to believe for an upset. You know what I'm saying? Like unless yeah. I look at a matchup and I'm going, okay, I actually have information about this in my brain that says that these are two teams that you know the outcome won't be what we expect. So I look for specific teams that I feel confident that there might be an upset. And there's usually a 512. I know that's the cliche, but that's it happens. It's it's pretty, you know, pretty frequent, or even a 314 has been known to happen. Um, but I look for something like that. I look for specific upsets, and then I don't let them go too far. Because the thing is about Cinderellas, and this is my second one, is that yes, occasionally you will see a witch eight or somebody get to the final four or something like that. It is incredibly rare. These upsets sustain themselves maybe to the Sweet Sixteen, but that's it. Yeah. So I never, I I never let my Cinderella picks go too far, and then I go pretty much top couple seeds into the final four and that that'll usually do you pretty well uh because it's not as, as much as we like to build up the chaos of the first couple rounds and there is a significant amount of that occasionally typically it evens itself out once you get to the elite eight and the final four um so i try to like normalize my picks at that point however i will say this year hell with that i went straight chalk just because i want to see what will happen uh, <laughs> Because there, I know I don't know enough about any of these teams to be able to make any kind of solid predictions or, or picks. So I just went straight chalk. I actually, when I, I put the top two teams, when I got Baylor and Gonzaga in the final, uh, I just went by their average season score. <laughs> so that's hey, what they put go. as the final score. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see if that actually pans out. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's hard out here making picks because this is such a weird, unusual year. And, you know, like I said, man, look, I respect Jacob going shameless Homer style on us and having Ohio State win all because that's to me just as valid as any other thing.
1: I typically like to find where I can put out two brackets, you know, maybe maybe go in two different pools so I could do one. Yeah. Ohio State wins it all bracket. And then one where I think, oh, okay, maybe I better
0: not just be <laughs> maybe I do something homework. I actually think will happen. <laughs> uh, by the way, so this is our next question from our good friend Alvin who asks, if Ohio State is to make a final four run, who will be our X Factor? What do you think? I mean, yes, we talked about Dwayne a lot. I don't think Zed's gonna all start all of a sudden start scoring 20 a game. Um, who's the guy that's gotta step up and maybe surprise people? I
1: mean, if Arns had come back and just start shooting the lights out again, you know, that probably cool. would go a long Do you think way. that's gonna happen though? I mean, how long has it been since he had a game like that? Like Literally January. a month. Yeah. So I mean, probably not that. Yeah. Uh I, I mean honestly, I think Kyle Young has, has got to come back. I mean that to me he doesn't need to play against oral Roberts and I kind of hope he doesn't and, you know, just <laughs> I wouldn't it,
0: play him even if he's clear right
1: yeah right give him take, let him take the time but he's a guy that if he's well and I think we should stress his health and well-being is far more important than the game of basketball so especially
0: if you've undergone two concussion protocols in the past you know, yeah
1: or. and he took a hell of a shot there um in, the, in that you know, I mean that last one was that
0: not a foul uh, though not a foul not yeah. a foul <sighs> great great we didn't even get into this but great officiating top to bottom big 10
1: I, I tweet you. i tweeted at one point during the game i was like oh there's the big 10 officiating we've come yeah. to know and love oh my God. <laughs> and they're back yeah. uh but you know looking at he's a guy that i think has to come back and 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 have a good game for them to go far mm-hmm. uh, don't need him don't need him against oral roberts but I mean, he's just been super important to the team. Justice Suing to me is maybe the underrated guy Yeah. Um, on the squad just because, you know, Liddell and Dwayne, as you said, there's been no shortage of good things said about them. But I, I, I look at um, at Justice Suing and say he really came up clutch for them at some pretty important pretty important points during uh, the, the, that tournament run that uh, didn't necessarily come through in the stat sheet, but right. – Was just really important, and and was shooting when other guys weren't, you know, in that Mm -hmm. um, Illinois game early, uh, making
0: shots when other guys weren't, you know, to help get them get them sparked. I think Justice is probably my guy, Um, in part because he can be so up and down. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not so much that he needs to score 15 or even 20 or whatever a night. I, I, if he can get them 12, like 10 or 12 in every game, that's going to make a huge difference because you're not asking EJ to shoot, you know, 15 shots or 17 shots or something stupid. If if there's another guy who can be a consistent scorer, And this is assuming that Kyle can't play because if Kyle can play, then I agree with you. I think he's the, he's the dude. He just does so many things especially defensively but in general he does so many things for ohio state that other teams really have to to respect and now even more now that they've seen that he can make a three um Mm -hmm. but i think justice is my guy assuming that kyle was either not able to play or limited because he has to give them consistent scoring Mm -hmm. and if that happens really hard to deal with him ej and Dwayne doing their thing and then of course you got cj too cj's another guy who could emerge as the next factor i mean Especially if Justin Arns is deciding to start. CJ comes in off the bench, he can give you quality minutes and quality points and and not turn the ball over in incredibly critical moments. If he's able to do those things, then he's another guy who can put an enormous amount of pressure on another team.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm with you. I think those guys are are definitely a big part of that. Uh, this next question here, this is from Matt in Minneapolis, uh, and, and I got to tell you something. I, I I feel this question. I really do. Uh, <laughs> Matt says, uh, with Jim's opening back up, what is your protein powder of choice? And then he goes on to say, pre-COVID, I was pretty big and lean, um, sitting at about five 5'6", 185, 11% body fat. Well done, Matt. Holy smokes. Uh, Eating about 160, uh, 200 grams of protein a day, including lots of Andy Vance-approved USDA beef. Uh, Post-COVID, like most of us, I feel like a marshmallow. Uh, Given the rising cost of food and my absolute lack of time, it makes more sense to supplement with powder. Uh, Also need something that doesn't taste horrible because my kids like to have a little shake with me. Um, And also, P.S., I really enjoy this, and I guess they won't be a Dubcast sponsor in the future, but the GNC brand tastes like doggy (laughs) doo-doo. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i would say there are very few gnc branded things that are in my in my cupboard um yeah buy stuff at gnc just not the gnc branded stuff uh so my go-to um i i have to give i have to give two answers here um one i would say the the product i have used most consistently for the longest period of time and i think is is literally and uh in marketing terms the gold standard is optimum nutrition's golden gold standard whey so yeah, whey, whey protein is you know if you're looking at all the different proteins you can get pro you know boatloads of different proteins right i mean in the in the dairy complex you'd be whey or casein uh you could be looking at egg protein you could be looking of course all the plant-based proteins now you could be looking at um they just a variety of different uh, proteins. But whey to me is the most complete um, balance of good for you. You know what you're getting. You don't have to overthink it. Effective and cost efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just so the optimum nutrition, gold standard, 100% whey, when in doubt, uh, buy that. That is that is the stuff. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I've got probably two tubs of it here in my thing. And they've got a hundred different flavors. I will say, you know, they're to me flavors. It's one of those things where I think just stick with what's simple. Um, So I always just go back to basic, um, uh, basic chocolate, either, either they're just regular um, double rich chocolate or the extreme milk chocolate is fine. Their chocolate peanut butter is not bad. It's when you stray too far away from that. So I think the vanillas, and this is true of any of them, vanillas get a little medicinal, yeah, um I, I can't i can't deal with any of the, the fruit flavors so like strawberry or strawberry is
0: usually bad i can't <laughs> in, i just can't any, deal with it any protein any whey protein is strawberries garbage
1: yeah so i've just typically stuck with um i got a red velvet one time from um optimum that i didn't i chucked it and it just yeah, yeah. so yeah. so i just generally stick with the chocolate although like i say that chocolate peanut butter was was pretty good um optimum so ON has a couple of other uh, versions of of their whey protein powders um, beyond just the gold standard, so like their platinum hydro whey, you know, or mm. the um, uh, they do a, a gold standard 100% isolate. I think for average Joe, and that includes me, um, it just the normal gold standard 100% uh, whey, you don't need to overthink it. If you really want to supplement at night, you know, do casein before bedtime, that's fine. I have, I, I struggle with casein just because, you got to mix the damn stuff in a Vitamix or it clumps like crazy. Yeah. I, I that's, yeah. That's what I don't love about
0: casein. Um, so I would say, you default to the way, right? And, and I'll say, so I haven't, I honestly haven't even done protein powders in a long time because I, I haven't been in the gym for a while, right? Because it's COVID. Um, and then I hadn't been, I wasn't able to be in the gym for basically a, God. I would say maybe eight months prior to COVID because I had broken my collarbone. So I was just, I haven't, I've been out of it for a while. So the, the marshmallow feeling I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm, I'm not doing super hot in that department uh, at the moment. Um, But I will say that. So first of all, I'm lactose intolerant. So that's a thing. Um, Second thing, the FDA does not do a great monitoring in fact i think they do almost no supplement like analysis checking things like that so all the claims that they make all that other stuff they can say whatever the hell they want i don't think there's any real regulation going in and monitoring these supplements um so because of that i agree with you andy i think optinutrition is a well-respected brand it's one that a lot of people trust i i think they have pretty good product when i've used it and as somebody who's lactose intolerant i've also used isopure in the past that's really that's it mixes well and it settles in my stomach pretty easily um so that's another one that i've done but honestly like i just you know i i think one of the things that i would like to em- emphasize somebody's trying to maintain weight all that kind of stuff the usda grade <laughs> meat and the chicken and all the other stuff to me i think will do more for you than trying to make that up on the back end with supplements so if you're not getting your protein i think in an actual like animal and plant protein that is ingested from the real world and into your body i think it's easier to do it that way than to try to make it up on the back end by doing a bunch of shakes um because you don't know what's in it frankly yeah so I, i would
1: i would agree with that for sure yeah
0: and you don't know what the like they say that there's a certain amount of grams of protein you don't really know honestly um so i i think the biggest thing is just getting your diet right on the front end Yep. And then you can supplement on the back end with the protein powder, but I don't think it's a substitute for the the good nutrition up front.
1: I would say um, the, um, the, the thing I would add to that too, it's a whole foods, so to speak, not the store, but the, the concept. So having your, your meat and potatoes or chicken and rice or whatever your particular mm-hmm. weapon of choice is I totally agree. Uh, always, always better to, to have food um, where depending on what your what your protein so like there was a time i'm i'm <laughs> why was it he phrased the question he he was big and lean i've i've just always been big <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> lean yeah
0: so, i've never had the lean problem either i think you know
1: you'll get the recommendation where it's like okay one gram of protein per pound of body weight i, I finally changed that because i had a considerable amount of, of body fat i wanted to shed so i shifted that to gram per lean mass so i think I, that's know, a
0: better I'd, measure for most people honestly
1: yeah i mean it's a huge you know it can be a huge disparity when you're a guy at my size you know yeah. so i was i think when i started lifting i was like 225 lean mass you know you'd go and do either a, a dex a dex is the the, the gold standard but if you go do a bod pod to get um you know an accurate composition so i went in thinking you know that was where i needed to get down to it was like 215 because that's where where i was when i was in high school and college. Mm-hmm. I've got to get back down to my fight and weight. And, you know, i was like, oh geez, my lean mass was like two fifteen to two twenty. Well, I guess I don't need to get down to two fifteen, then do I, to get right. to, you know, eleven or fifteen percent or even Jesus, twenty percent body fat or something like a normal yeah. human. Um, so that that was where I would make up the difference with shakes was if you were trying to get to two hundred and fifteen grams of protein a day,
0: uh, that's a lot of eggs or that's a lot of chicken or, you know, whatever it happens and to be your body- so You know, your body can't process like that's the other thing. Like there's only so much your body can process at one time. Yeah, sure. Everybody's different, right? You got to find out what works best for you. And we could talk about this all night. But my my larger point that I would make is. A depends on your, your body, yourself, what you, you think you consume, B, what your activity level actually is. Like, what are you really doing in the gym? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and I say this, I'm not an, I'm not some expert. I'm just giving you my personal experience advice here, but there's a lot of people who think they're going really hard at the gym. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. gotta have that protein. Cause I'm working so hard. You're not working that hard. You're not working that hard. You're not working that hard. Working that hard. You don't like, I know you want to be the bodybuilder guy and you want to like, okay, I got to have 200 grams of protein. If you're not doing 200 grams of proteins worth of work, you don't need 200 grams of protein. And there's a lot of people who I think make that mistake. And they're like, why, don't, why am I like, this isn't good. Like, this isn't lean weight. I don't understand why. And I'm like, well, it's because you're not doing what you think you're actually doing um and that's that's the other thing so that's something well, to keep an eye out for as well
1: and i want to echo something you said that I, I i hope people don't miss there are about two supplements period that i think the average uh person like you and i are listening to the show should even be thinking about buying in the first place and that's mm-hmm. that's m- maybe whey protein if you're if you're legitimately like i can't get all my protein in right. or you know i don't A lot like of people the they can't I- like you know, or, or, or even if it's just something as simple as I don't have time to screw around with lunch, I'm just going to pop 30 grams of whey in a shaker bottle, in a blender bottle and fine. Like that's, that's perfectly fine. But, but whey protein, because it's, it's overly, it's, it's been overly researched. And if you buy it from a company like Optimum Nutrition, you know what you're getting. Um, And then, and then the second one would be creatine just because that is the one supplement of all of like the non-protein type supplements. Cause you know, I mean, you could go, you could go and buy, and spend a hundred dollars a day on weightlifting supplements. And it's, and it's, you know, 99.9% fairy dust and bullshit. Right. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, like, but creatine has been consistently <laughs> researched, you know, reputable, like academic peer reviewed yep. research. And, and so those are the two things if you're going to, now that said, just pop in some creatine. Like if you're, if your diet's crap and your workouts crap, you know it's you're just flushing your money uh down the potty but creatine is inexpensive um relatively speaking inexpensive so and those are the only two things so if you're if you're looking at anything beyond those two things you're just pissing your money away you don't need to do it don't
0: do it i i would 100 percent agree with that and creatine here's the other thing about creatine yes it has been tested and and but it's not like you're you're talking about an extra rep, right? And sometimes that's an important rep, right? Sometimes that's something you want to do, but it's not gonna turn into Superman overnight. It's 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 a little thing that can help you like retain, you know, oxygen, and things like that in yeah. your, your blood, but it's not it's not gonna make you this amazing guy. You gotta put in the work at the at the gym um I, yeah. I, remember,
1: I mean i remember when i started lifting like i i went not like i got an account at bodybuilding.com oh, sure. and i just went like batshit crazy because i was that guy right like you're experiencing the newbie gains and yeah you're 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 all excited about it and so you're like oh, all right well if a little's good a lot must be great so i had 10 different kinds of protein powders and i had bcaas and glutamine mm-hmm. and pre-workout and and uh and and creatine and so and over the ensuing you know 10 years or whatever and you start reading and researching and you realize like okay most yeah. of this really is fluff.
0: right cup of coffee some creatine occasionally and then the, yeah and then the way and you're pretty much good like it's that's, the ca- it's the caffeine and the pre-workout that's really it and it, yeah, well right now it but, is because they've banned most of the stuff that we go
1: buy some i mean if you want to do the true bodybuilder stack this is not uh, this is not um uh, advice that anyone should follow but you know you're going to go and get some uh like bronchade aspirin and nodos and that's <laughs> i mean that's the classic eca no but you're right stack, yeah right like that's yeah. all it is that's yeah. all it is
0: well yeah and and so well, okay <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> legally, yes <laughs> I mean, except for the obvious you know yes. except for the the trend and the mask and the, I mean, yeah
1: you know. stuff that has never entered the temple that is my body yeah um,
0: which you would know just by looking at me on well and which Tuesday. people shouldn't really do anyway i mean
1: if you <laughs> enjoy having kidneys
0: that's all i'm saying anyway so good question uh we would love to answer more of your supplement questions because there's two people who i think have probably spent way too much money on supplements We yeah. we both could give you some some insight into that uh, but hopefully as you know, we get over this COVID thing, gyms start to open back up. We start to feel more confident. I can pretend I know what I'm doing, lifting weights. That would be fun. Um, we can get back to normalcy. And part of that is March madness this weekend. Mm-hmm. Something again, as I will continually emphasize, we have not had in what two calendar years now. So I, we, we need this. Damn it. We need it. I'm excited. Ohio state's got a good draw. they, look they got to get to the sweet 16 i'm hoping for final four it's possible um and we'll be here to break it all down because it's going to be a wild rest of the week so until then i'm johnny i'm andy and we'll see you then